Welcome to Human Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Lillianwall. On this podcast, I invite you to have the uncomfortable conversations with me, to stand in your power and explore the depths of your truth, no matter how difficult or taboo it may be. I'm showing up exactly as I am, and I'm empowering you to do the same. Let's dive in. and welcome back to another episode of Human Becoming. I'm here today with my girl Tristan and we're going to have an epic conversation all about giving yourself permission to recreate and um, redefine who you are and um, choose how you want to show up in the world. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. Mm, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Hello, everybody. My name is Tristan Thibodeau. I am a life coach for lack of a better word, that's what I have decided to call myself as life coach. And I work with women that are mostly in the entrepreneurial space to just create lives that truly fulfill them and allowing them to recreate their identity. And I've gone through a massive like (laughs) evolution of identity throughout my life. So, you know, I'm teaching the lessons that I've learned along the way to the women that I work with and helping them really create a life that they choose instead of falls upon them by default. So I'm super excited for our combo. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And, you know, we've, we've had conversations about our past and like being on similar, just similar paths and, and struggling with different things throughout our lives and how we've used everything that we're going to talk about today to get to where we are today. And now like what a beautiful way for things to come full circle, because now we get to help other women and, and, and men too, because I think men, there's definitely men that follow me. And I know there's men that follow you that get something out of our content, even if they're not necessarily somebody we'd work on or work with one-on-one, there's still so much magic in our content that they can relate to as well. Like it's not, it doesn't, this path and these issues that we, um, or these experiences that we have as humans, they don't, um, discriminate against gender or, you know, any, anything, right? Like we're all just humans. Yeah. Yeah. And I should also mention that along with that, like whether man or woman, um, I'm also a a wild activator and I say wild woman activator because I work mostly with women, but maybe we can talk a little bit about that, what it means to activate your inner wild. But I know you and I are both (laughs) activated, activated wild women. So I would love to incorporate that in the combo too, and just kind of describe what that is and just make it clear that it's available for both men and women. And it's really just a access point for self-expression and authenticity. Yeah. I think that's like, that's, it, it, it like honestly gives me goosebumps and makes me want to cry at the same time. Like even just hearing wild woman, because I think, especially with the certain things that I've dealt with throughout my life, like it was all about suppressing who I was, what I really felt, my dot, my desires, my, um, my needs, just everything. It was like constant. The message that I constantly gave myself was my needs don't matter. My self-expression is too much. Um, I am, um, you know, too much, too little, not enough, like just all the different stories that I, that I had. Right. And so let's just dive into the wild woman because that's like my favorite. Oh, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Okay, cool. (laughs) It is my favorite thing to talk about, number one. And then two, like, 
when I think of wild woman, like I, you come to mind and we, like, it's just, I mean, we've n- haven't known each other that long, but like, I just feel like you see me on a level that like nobody has ever seen me, especially when it comes to that. Yeah. I mean, within every person is a wild nature and within women, especially because we've historically been so oppressed and suppressed in our self-expression and in our embodiment of desire and creativity and just femininity in general, the wild woman archetype is a really, really powerful access point for living a life that is fueled with just passion and purpose and play and fun and excitement. And there's this quote that I really, really love. I want to read it for you because it's just Oh, it gives me goosebumps, but it's wild women are an unexplainable spark of life. They ooze freedom and seek awareness. They belong to nobody but themselves, yet give a piece of who they are to everyone they meet. If you have met one, hold on to her. She'll allow you into her chaos, but she'll also show you her magic. And every time I read that quote, it's just like it hits me so hard because that is full feminine self-expression, embodiment, powerful leadership as a woman. And that's what I'm out to like help cultivate, you know? So it's just, I I love it. I love talking about the wild woman archetype. Yeah. And we think, you know, like you said, throughout history, we have been so oppressed. We have been so suppressed. There's so much that even ties into like something that I really like to talk about is the sisterhood wound, right? Like the sisterhood wound where we get into comparison and the like, well, if she's beautiful and she's bright and she's this, and that is a reflection of, you know, my lack of those things. And, you know, so much of that, like anybody who knows me, like I am a huge history buff and I love um, like specifically things around like the witch trials, not even just Salem, but like back in Europe, which are some of, in my opinion, some of the original sisterhood wounds, because it was women calling each other out and, you know, and, and women that were free in their self-expression, free in their different like crafts. And I'm putting quotes around that because these people, these women were medicine women and, you know, free spirits and doulas and astrologers and, you know, women who were super tapped into their, uh, the roots, like their cultural roots and their practices. And, and then women were pointing at each other saying like, that's wrong. That's this, you know, and, and there's so much that goes into that too. But like, when I think of the wild woman archetype, like to me, like it goes hand in hand with that sisterhood wound of, you know, she's, she's this, she's that, like just the, the, the shadow aspect, because the light is the freedom, right. And the embodiment and the, um, the empowerment. And then the shadow is, is, uh, jealousy and comparison. Does all that make sense? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And we can all we can all resonate with that because we've all been out in social settings or maybe it's even with a friend or somebody that we know. And maybe we have a woman in our life that is the epitome of a wild woman. She's expressed. She's free. She lives her life by her own terms. She's a leader. She's powerful. She's strong, confident, compassionate, soft, the full dimension of feminine, right? She embodies it. And we know what it's like to look at a woman like that and be like, fuck, what does she have? what is she on? What is she drinking? Like, you're like, Jesus, I want that. And when you embody that, you give permission to other women to dream and imagine what it's like for them to be that self-expressed. And that relates back to the sisterhood is like, we get to stand for each other by embodying it for our own life. 
you know, and that's why I love it so much. It's just incredible. Yeah. I have full body goosebumps right now <laughs> because it, it, I think it taps into something that like all of us, all of us can relate to, you know, and, and this is something that I've had conversations with a lot of my girlfriends about as well. And like, even in the last year and a half, I've actually mended and healed friendships that ended because of like the sisterhood wound and the the comparison and the jealousy and stuff like that. And like, I'm not saying um, by any means that like, like it wasn't one-sided, right? Like this is definitely like that. There was a lot of my sisterhood wounds that came up and vice and like the same for them. Um, and when I, it, it took me a long time to step outside of the, you know, what the surface issue, the surface things that were said. And when I look back, it's like, oh, well, there was something that was being triggered in them because of me. And there was something that was being triggered in me because of them. Like, and, and instead of looking at, you know, what was actually going on inside, cause you know, maybe we were younger and just like, not really, um, uh, as a self-aware, right. And just also not aware of this collective wound that we all have. Um, but yeah, like being able to look at that now and say, wow, this wasn't actually about the, the little issue that we had or the little, you know, argument. It was something that was much deeper than this. And this is actually something that so many of us have, um, it's almost like it's been trained and like ingrained in us from a young age. Yeah, a thousand percent. And that's kind of where my my journey into rediscovering my wild came from is, you know, growing up, I was self-expressed. I didn't know that it wasn't okay not to be, right? And then we go through these experiences where either you're slut shamed or you're cast out of a friend group or you're um, isolated from people or, and this often happens like when we're in school, right? when we go through middle school and there's like that mean girl phase, that's like the first gash in the sisterhood wound. Right. And then the more that we kind of mature and evolve over our life course, like we experience deeper and deeper and deeper iterations of that sisterhood wound, but it's all a story. It's just a story. Yeah. And when you really peel back the layers of what that is. It's, it's that we as women have been pinned against each other. We've been pinned against each other to believe that like it's a competition or that if she shines, you're not allowed to. When in reality, if, if we all shine and we all rise up as a collective of women, like we become an unstoppable force of nature. A hundred percent, which is like really what we're seeing, I think, in the, in the shift, like the new paradigm of, of the world with feminine leadership and, and um, really allowing each other the space to be imperfect and the space to have these difficult conversations. Cause like, I know when I started really looking at the sisterhood wound at first, it was very, it was very easy to be like one-sided. Like I've been hurt. I've been betrayed. I've been backstabbed. I've been cast out of friendship groups. I've been slut shamed. I've been, you know, um, people have competed with me, whatever it may be. But then when I really took a mirror and I like looked at myself and I was like, okay, well, how have I contributed? Cause that's the bigger question. Right. And that can be really challenging to, um, to admit. And I, I, you know, I, I have no like shame in, in, in admitting the things that I've been through. Like I've been out of integrity in relationships. I've been out of integrity in other people's relationships, right? Like I've competed with my friends. I've talked shit behind my friends. I've done a lot. And those are things that I'm so 
conscious of now because like every time I find myself and it, and it like, it comes up cause we're human, right? Like, but if I find myself comparing myself to like a sister to a, like to another woman, I know now to like call myself out and be like, what is this really about? Like what's going on within me right now? Cause it's not about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful as fuck what you just said. <laughs> like, yeah, that level of awareness and that level of uh, accountability to yourself. That's incredible. And that's what I would, you know, aspire every woman to be able to do is to be able to recognize that. Because once you, and that's that's the step, it's like once you get to that point of being able to recognize it within yourself and call yourself out and hold yourself accountable, like, that's the hardest part from there on out. All you got to do is lean on your girls, lean on your girls and be like, listen, this is what's up. I need your help. Like, I don't feel confident. Help me. (laughs) You know, I need your support. I want your support. I want to lean on somebody right now. Like, you know, cause there's a wound there. There's a reason why, like you said that, that, you know, however another woman is expressing that it triggers something within you. And part of it is just, you haven't given yourself permission to fully embody what she has given herself permission to embody. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that hits home. Cause it's like, yeah, like it really, if you look at the, at the, if you take all of the bullshit, like away, the, like the cattiness, the, you know, the little jabs, whatever the, you know, the, again, the surface conversation was, it really comes back to not giving yourself permission to embody whatever is calling, like whatever that call is. Like I know mm-hmm. for me, and this is something that I know I talked to you about pretty in length because it's also pretty recent like work, right? Like around uh, sexuality and being in a dynamic where, uh, and I'm not going to get super into detail, but like, you know, just being in a dynamic where I wasn't able to fully express my wild woman in terms of my sensuality and my, and my desires and my needs and my story that I kept telling myself, which is like what I said in the beginning is, you know, my needs don't matter. Like, you know, I have, you know, just almost over understanding other people around me and, and just telling myself that my needs are too much. I'm too much. I must have a problem. Um, it it all must be like coming from, uh, daddy issues, whatever the fuck the story was. Right. And so (laughs) really understanding that it was like, wait a second, if I'm honest with myself, I know that this isn't, you know, that again, these are, like you said, these are all stories and what, what's actually happening is I'm not giving myself permission by staying in an, by staying in an environment that I have outgrown that does not allow me like the, like I, there's a box and I can't like, um, I can't be the full expression of who I am in a fucking box. And there's, that doesn't mean anything wrong for any of the, the dynamics that I was in. It's just, it, I outgrew it. And for me to like continue stepping into my, not even, not even just my wild woman, because that's so much of it, but it's also just like the person I'm meant to be, mm-hmm. which is my wild woman, right? My version of my wild woman. Um, until I give myself permission to be unapologetic about all aspects of who I am mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, sexually, like all of it. All mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And that's a great point that you kind of hit on is that the, the wild woman archetype doesn't look one particular way. It looks a million different ways, depending on the uniqueness of the woman embodying her. That's what it looks like. And so, you know, for anybody listening, that's, that's thinking that it has to look a certain way. 
where you start in activating your wild woman is the places where you feel repressed, the places where you feel stuck, because there's wild in there that wants to be expressed and wants to come out. And, you know, when we say wild, what I'm really talking about is just uninhibited. And that doesn't mean flippant. That means free, right? So there's a big difference there. There's a big difference. And it really comes down to focusing on those areas where you are being triggered in some extent, where you do feel like you're not free to make a decision or be a certain way or express part of yourself that is just craving to come out of you. So it, it can look any, any way you want to. And that's kind of where the multidimensionality combo comes in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When we had a conversation, we did a Facebook live and then technology wasn't on our side and didn't let us save it. But it was such a good conversation about multidimensionality, multidimensionality and, um, and, and using that to number one, your self-expression, but also like redefining yourself. Because like, I know for me, like, you know, we, we talk a lot about like our, uh, like in our group of women that were a part of like our alter ego kind of thing, like the, and not like a, a mask that we wear. It's not like this fake persona. It's, it's the future version of ourselves that we use to channel when we need to like push through discomfort, right. When we're stepping out of our comfort zone. So, you know, for me, like, I know, like I'm this like mixture of this like forest fairy and also like punk rock princess. And like, you know, like, I'm, like I'm dancing in a forest, like amongst the trees, you know? And then I was like, but I've got pink high top chucks on, right? Like, and my hoop eyeliner and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, like I'm dancing in a forest in a meadow to Iron Maiden. Okay. <laughs> You know, like I'm, I've got my herbs and my crystals and all of that. And then I've got my metal, you know, so like, (laughs) and like that part of me is like, that's the multidimensionality. And I think for so many of us, we get stuck in this, like, we think that we're supposed to be this one theme or this one style, right? Like, you know, in high school where you have the groups of like, oh, the emo kids and the preppy kids and like, you know, it's like all spread apart. And it's like, no wonder, no, no, um. none of us know who the fuck we are in high school because like, you know, we're like trying to put ourselves in this box, right? And obviously that's like exactly where we're supposed to be. But I just think of that too, like that continues into adulthood. That Mm -hmm. same kind of, um, like sectioning off aspects of who we are rather than the full incorporation of, of it all. Right. And that's just confronting the discomfort of uncertainty within yourself and how others perceive you. Right. And that comes back to kind of like survival mechanisms, like basic one-on-one survival mechanisms in a uh, like crazy society. Right. Because ultimately what we're doing is we're trying to like wear a coat, a certain coat of an animal so that we fit into something, right? We're like, this is what's up. I'm a black wolf. I'm a roll with the black wolves because they know I'm a black wolf. I know I'm a black wolf. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's really about tribe. It comes down to community and tribe and, and knowing, quote unquote, your role and knowing where you fit. And that's all protection. That's all the illusion of certainty and making your control, right? Like control over your environment and your relationships so that you feel stable when in reality what that does internally is it creates mayhem like it destroys you from a soul level because you don't get to fully express you're not truly a sovereign being at that point yeah so 
very destructive. <laughs> you know, when you, when you said it like that, for some reason, like the analogy that came to my mind is like prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I don't, we don't need to get into that conversation, but like, you know, but it, it's true. Like that's how people that go into situations like that, mm-hmm. uh, that's how they, um, that's how they survive. They find what they feel like they, that, that's going to get them to, the light at the end of the tunnel and, and to, to survive. So it's really interesting to see how I never thought about it like that, the way that we, we do that, but I do completely see how that has played out in many chapters of my life. And I'm sure there's still more unfolding to do because like, you know, I, I called this podcast human becoming for a reason, because I feel like I'm just continuing to become more human, more um, connected to the deepest aspects of like what it means to actually be human and not every, all the bullshit that we subscribe to in society. And, um, yeah, I've just like, that kind of actually blew my mind. (laughs) Like that was, that was really interesting to, to see it that way. Yeah. It's powerful, huh? And to be honest, like at some points in your life, that controlled identity, that suppressed identity, it, it, you know, the protective mechanism serves a purpose at certain points in your life, you know, when you're really going through something traumatic and you need to go within and you need to heal. Sometimes the, the focus on being more self-expressed takes a backseat to just being with yourself. Right. And that's okay. Like sometimes that happens, you go through those cycles, but ultimately you, you really do have a choice to live a life where you are on your deathbed with no regrets because you did the damn thing and you lived full out and you, you know, prioritized your relationships and you prioritized your passions and you expressed yourself fully and you experienced what you wanted to experience, or you can be at that point at the end of your life where you're filled with regret. And that's, that's one of the things as morbid as it is, like, that's one of the things that motivates me is I've known so many people in my life that have gotten to the end of their days where they don't have as much capacity physically, mentally, um, emotionally. And they're, they're like, just live your life, just do it. And I've had so many elders tell me that, that it's really sunk in. And it's like, this is, this is your shot, babe, like go for it, go for it. And so my whole journey has been accessing those tools that help me be more self-expressed, which is why I love the multidimensionality conversation. I love the wild woman conversation because they really are gateways to living a life where you're just obsessed with it. You're in love with it. And that's what I want for everybody that I work with, right? Is just to love your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we do different work, but similar in the sense that like for me with my clients, it, I mean, it, it really, like, I think when we come down to the core, it's like the empowerment and it, and it's really similar. And like a lot of my clients though, like they've lost themselves in that mayhem. They, they've lost themselves in the, you know, the mental health issues, the traumas and like, you know, we trauma can look so different, right? Like what I define as trauma may be different than like the things that you've experienced that you feel are trauma, right? And so really just getting lost in that, getting lost in the, um, like the hamster wheel that we all get into in life, right? Like just kind of being on autopilot and doing all the things that we quote unquote should be doing. And then all of a sudden waking up and being like, 
where the fuck did my life go and why am I here and I'm unhappy and I feel like that's why so many people do wake up and and like that kind of you know midlife crisis thing like happens to so many people because it's like wait I did all the things that I was told that I needed to do in order to be happy and successful but none of this makes any sense none of this resonates with my what my soul wants right and like that to me like my biggest fear is waking up one day and and feeling uh disconnected from purpose and disconnected from joy feeling unfulfilled right like that the regret and um for me my helping my clients create the life that they want especially after struggling for so long and being lost to or not being lost to but losing a lot of time to or experiencing a lot of um darkness in their life is so important because I lost, not even lost because I feel like it it was the catalyst to where I am today, but there was so much time that I spent really unwell. Yeah. In total isolation and, you know, struggling with a lot of mental health issues and experiencing sexual trauma and all of that and just completely losing it, it stripped me of everything. I didn't, I couldn't even tell you what color I liked or what my favorite foods were. Like I just was this shell of a human and making the decision that that wasn't going to be my life. And I was going to do whatever I needed to do to, to get out of that. And it was, it, it looked, it was a complete disaster. It was a complete mess, but <laughs> yeah. it's exactly what it's supposed to be. Right. Like yeah. healing is healing is, um, is messy business, but like being able to start to ask myself, what do I want? What do I need? What do I feel like doing today now that I can leave my house? Cause I, you know, I've learned how to cope with panic attacks, right? Like now that I'm not starving myself, like I can, you know, go do all these things. I learned how to love myself, right? There's so many different chapters and so many different, um, like steps to getting to where I am today, but being able to help women number one, let go of the shame and the guilt that they feel over all of those experiences. And then really learning how to get into this like explorer mode and have fun. Right. And be like, man, I get to ask myself these amazing questions and I get to create a life now. Mm -hmm. Rock bottom is a truly beautiful moment. It really is. Beautiful. Yeah. Truly beautiful moment. And I I resonate a lot with your story because I've been through a lot of the same experiences and you know, not everybody is going to hit a catastrophic rock bottom moment in their life. And so the decision, the choice is still the same, regardless of your circumstances. It really is choosing, you know, this reality or that reality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And anytime that I, you know, stumble or fall down or go through a rough patch, it's just, it's recommitting to that decision. Like I can have this or I can have that. I can have the life where, I play it safe and I do what I'm told and I live by the example that those before me set. I play by the rules, right? Or I can live this life where I pursue my passion. I pursue my purpose. I really look for the greatest potential that I can activate within myself to be of service, to make the world a better place, to motivate and encourage and uplift others. I can make that decision and I get to have fun doing it. Like <laughs> this gets to be whatever I want it to be. Right. So it really is whether you hit rock bottom or whether you're going through a rough patch in life, like it still comes down to that choice. And I'm just curious, like what were the things that helped you make those 
decisions when you were going through rough patches to realign and recommit to where you want to go in life, what you want to create? So it's, I love that you're, I love that you say it's a choice. Cause that's something, that's something I say, like you scroll through my content. It's like, it is a choice. It is a choice because I think it's really important to know that like, we do have the power to create change. Mm. It's not instant, right? Like I know we all love instant gratification. It's 2020. We love like quick things, but it, it healing, it doesn't work that way. Right. But it's also the most worthy thing you'll ever go after too. Um, yeah. for me, it was, it was getting really real with myself and, and, and having a conversation about how I was um, participating in my own struggle, whether that was just being resistant to help, whether that was um, not, not telling people what was really going on, um, whether that was the stories that I was telling myself, right? Like, I am broken. These diagnoses um, mean something about me. Um, and I don't know how at 20 years old, I had that, like I, it was divine, but like, I, I really did just have this moment of, I can, I can choose to continue going down the path that I'm on and to be very real. And I share this a lot. Like I would not be here if I continued down that path. I was very much in the state of mind where I didn't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And I knew that like, when I, when I put myself back in the, in, in those shoes, like I have so much love and compassion for 21 or 20 year old me, but, um, but I knew like, this is going to lead me to a place where I'm going to starve myself to death because I was struggling so bad with anorexia. I going to keep drinking. This is going to wreak havoc on my body. Uh, suicidal ideation was definitely in my realm. It was definitely present for me. Um, I was watching all my friends live lives mm -hmm. going to college. I didn't get to go have like the college experience because I was housebound. Right. Like, um, I think I've shared that with you. I was housebound for a full year, you know? So like I, I, I had to have that real conversation with myself. Um, so for me, it was, it was that, that, uh, accountability and that like, okay, yeah, I'm, this is, this is a for sure path. And I have no idea what's down this path. I have no idea what it's going to look like to actually receive help. I have no idea what it's going to look like when I actually open my mouth and I tell people what I'm feeling and what I'm ex like, what I'm experiencing. I for sure thought I was going to end up in a psych ward. Um, and not that that's like anything to be ashamed of. Right. I just like that for me was like my biggest fear was that I was going to be invalidated. That it was going to be like, these experiences aren't real. They aren't normal, blah, blah, blah. And like, it was just going to further, send me spiraling down that other dark path. Right. Um, but yeah, having, having that conversation and then really getting comfortable with receiving, uh, support from people. Um, I immediately like immersed myself into and started trying to find different communities. And I think this is partly where I got really comfortable with the multidimensionality because I got really comfortable with the recovery community. And then I was already struggling, uh, not struggling. I was already practicing yoga. So like, as soon as I could leave my house, I got really immersed into the yoga community and, you know, started taking a million classes and workshops and, um, and just kind of discovering myself through that healing modality, um, went back to school and made a bunch of friends through like, um, through that studying psychology started volunteering, right? Like I just started to like expand outward and, um, and just start 
putting roots in all these different areas. And, um, that was like, for me, the biggest thing was, was creating not even just community, but like human connection with, with people that I could say like, yeah, this is what I've been through. This is what I'm going through. And not every, and, and really learning to like be okay with the fact that not everybody was going to get it, but some people were, and actually a lot of people were going to. Yeah. What was the vision or the potential that you saw by making all of these decisions for your life? Um, I, as it sounds so cheesy, but I know you being spiritual being, you'll get it too. Like I felt like I I heard a call Mm -hmm. and the call at the time, I had no idea what it looked like. I had no idea that it was going to be coaching. I had no idea it was going to be a podcast and like all of this, right. I had no idea. In fact, I I thought it was going to be being a psychologist which is why I was in school forever. Like, and I was, you know, getting my degrees and I was doing all of the things and working in the clinical field. And, um, but I just, there was something in me that knew that I was here to help people or that I could help people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, it started out just, you know, being like, Hey, you're suffering. I'm suffering too. Hey, you're going through this. I'm going through this too. Right. But then it started to morph into like, Hey, well, you know, this is something that I've like worked through, or this is something I am working through. And this is what's working for me. And, you know, just, and just seeing the power of being seen and heard by people, um, and, and what it could do for other people when I see them and I hear them and I love them unconditionally. And there's no judgment right? Just like creating space for myself. So it's as cheesy as it sounds, like I really did just hear this call and, and feel this pull inward to, to be of service. And one of the things too, that because my, and I've shared this a lot, um, in my, on my, in my content and stuff, but one of my sexual assaults occurred on a plane. So for me, I went from being very nomadic, very free spirited, very like this, you know, um, world traveler. I was on my way to Southeast Asia when this happened, you know, like backpacking, I was going to be a photojournalist at the time. Like my life was very different before this happened. So it was definitely the catalyst. Right. But like I was going to create my portfolio and I was going to, you know, I was on this very specific path. Um, and I, like my whole, my whole life changed because of that, but I totally lost my train of thought to be completely honest. (laughs) (laughs) You felt the call. Yeah, no, you're just expressing like you felt the call and how all these different things were kind of different levels of like expanding into that is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So that was, that was it. Like, um, I, I just felt like one of one of my whys, one of my pulls too, was like something for me, my self-expression, my freedom, my like my wild woman was being able to be nomadic, being able to travel places, was being able to have the choice to be like, you know, I want to be here and be have that like um, ability to be spontaneous. And because of the experience I went through, that was something that was temporarily put on for a while, actually. It was quite a few years, but like, you know, was put on hold. And so in addition to like, I just feel this called to be of service. It was also like, well, to be of service, I need to free myself mm-hmm. and, and to see 
now how like interwoven those two things were. It wasn't like, right? Like, it's like, it's not just a like, oh, I'm going to be of service, but I'm going to be over here and my work is going to, you know, my work is in the closet for when I have free time. It was like, no, this, this coexists. And as I've freed myself, I've continued to step into my power in, uh, in order to empower others to do the same. Yep. Absolutely. And anybody that listening is listening, if you have that sense of urgency inside of you and you don't know why, if you feel what Anna describes as a calling, like it's valid, it's valid. Listen to it, lean into it, get curious about what it has to show you because you're absolutely right, Anna, like those two components, who you are and the work that you do, they're inseparable. They're completely inseparable. So the more that you, you know, if you are somebody that is living your life in service of others, if you're a coach, if you're a helper, if you're a healer, if you're a light worker, if you're anybody that provides value through your wisdom and through your education and through your own experience of being human to others, like you being more self-expressed and you leaning into the places where you feel blocked is only going to make you more powerful, only going to make you more powerful. So it's worth it. It's worth the, it's worth the stretch of getting uncomfortable facing the things where you feel blocked. And that is, that is feminine leadership. Yep. It's embodiment, right? Like the old paradigm is do what I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. you know it's it's pointing fingers and saying you should do this you should subscribe to this like this is the way you should be and and not just you know pointing and saying that to women but like as a society right and fem- like feminine leadership and embodiment is about like I'm I'm not above you right like I am walking this with you like we are walking this path together we're walking each other home we're freeing each other I have full body goosebumps again like <laughs> I do too <laughs> yeah and this like it comes full circle to the sisterhood wound is that is how you heal it right there that is the simplest explanation of how to heal the sisterhood wound right there is that we are not on top of each other we are not in front or behind each other we're beside each other and when you experience those moments of being in competition or feeling um less than compared to another woman it's about going stepping beside her putting your arm around her and being like listen sis this is what's going on right that's what it is. The embodiment go to the woman that embodies what you're looking to expand into, grab her hand and be like, teach me. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It, it, it's so powerful too, because like when you, when you our our egos serve a lot of purposes, right? And, and, and one of the, one of the shadow aspects of, of ego sometimes is that we, we get in our own way and it's, it, it can be really challenging, you know, like for instance, for instance, if I were to say like, you know, Tristan, like, you know, you really trigger me because there's so much in you that, you know, I, I want to embody, but instead when you're not really tuned into that, it's going to be like, well, Tristan's this and Tristan's that, and she's too much and whatever. And like, who does she think she is? And you know, whatever it may be. Right. Like, and that's, that's the thing. Like, when we're, when we're focused on somebody else and there's all of this like lava coming out, right. It's really because there's something that's being activated in us. And I say this so much is like our triggers really are our wisest guides and our wisest teachers. Like when you are triggered, it is so important to ask yourself why, what, what is bringing up? Because 
it never really has anything to do with the other person. Even if somebody has, you know, and this, and this is just my opinion and my experience in the way that I view things, even around like something like sexual trauma, if I'm around a, a person or I'm, I'm in, you know, hooking up with somebody, you know, I didn't know how to say that more gracefully <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> when something comes up, it's not about that person. It's about a wound that hap- that that I have to address. It's my responsibility to heal it. Now, did I deserve what happened? No, but I. It's only in my power to address it, right? And so we can easily be like, you know, oh well, it's this other person, and they're triggering this, and they should know that I have a wound, and they should know this, and they should they 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 right? But it's really like, okay, well, one, if you're in situation that's not healthy then that's something to look at number one but number two it's so easy to always point at the external thing Mm -hmm. rather than turning it on yourself and being like all right dude you know and this is how I talk to myself I'm like all right girl like what's actually fucking going on yeah yeah responsibility and accountability for yourself exactly right but instead like it could be so easy to be like you know yeah, just to point at the outside and that creates disconnect, especially not even just like woman to woman, but also in the divine masculine and the divine feminine, right? Like why there's so much like lack of harmony sometimes in in the relationship between men and women, especially right now where in, in this wave of feminism, which like I'm all about feminism, but I think feminism is about creating harmony between the two, not women now climbing over men and pointing the finger and, and, you know, um, shaming them for, for everything that's happened or punishing Mm -hmm. because most of those men are literally just operating from the programs and the teachings that they've learned throughout society. Like this is like, we all do this in some way, right? Like we're, we're all just like operating from programming mm-hmm. and, and lessons and things, whether it's family or society or whatever it may be. And so many of these men are just participating unconsciously in something that they're not even really aware is, you know, is there, that there's an imbalance or that things yeah. could be any different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I would really love to talk about some like applicable steps, tools that people can take to reprogram, to activate wild women, to step into multidimensionality so that this is, you know, as valuable as it can be in applying it to your life. Because I think this conversation is so, so, so important, especially with where the world is right now. So I'm trying to think of where even to start with this conversation in terms of steps. I think, I think where I would start is to really, you know, we're talking about triggers. So focusing in on what your triggers are, like getting really, uh, getting really curious about them instead of getting upset that they're there, get really curious about them, what they are, how they show up, what they feel like in your body, what your mind does, the story that starts as soon as the trigger happens. And also about, the places in your life where you feel like you don't have self-expression, power, or choice. And starting there and just kind of doing some investigative work and getting really curious about like, what's going on? Where do I feel repressed? Where do I feel like I can't show myself fully, whether it's in at work, 
relationships, romantic relationships with your family, with your friends, getting really clear on where that's showing up. And again, getting curious about what it looks like to show up, you know, and that's where I would say to start for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What are the, what would you add to that? I think, I think the curiosity thing is something that I wanted to kind of like just highlight because it's so easy to, especially if you get in, if you're like perfectionist and this, I'm just saying this because this is like, <laughs> yeah, same, same, same. <laughs> like, Oh, you know, you know, Anna and Tristan are talking about all of this and I, I'm resonating with all of it. And Oh my God, now I have so much work to do and there's so much wrong with me. No, this is an invitation to get curious. And all of this, like all of healing and all of embodiment, all of, all of anything that is, is, assisting you into stepping into who you want to be and who you're meant to be. It's all a fucking practice, Mm -hmm. right? Like there, no matter how much you practice things like this, you know, yes, things become more natural. Yes. They become like second nature. And there's also going to be situations that come up that you're going to have to like meet your edge, right? Like you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone again. And Mm -hmm right? Like, you know, there's just always going to be this like next level and that gets, that gets to be fun and that gets to be full of possibilities and opportunities. And this is kind of like my slogan is like, if you continue to look at your work and your triggers and any, your shadow, any of that as burdens, that's all they will ever be. Mm -hmm. So you get to choose whether this gets to be again, and I say gets to be, it, it gets to be whatever you make it. So it, it gets to be fun. It gets to be an an adventure. Mm-hmm. Put your little explorer hat on and a little backpack, and like you know, go exploring into like this whole new world of possibility. It's whole different realm. Or it gets to be something where you're dragging your feet and you do stay in the victim mindset. And it's okay to be exhausted sometimes. We've all been in that place of like shit, like when is the work done? Like, have I ever done enough work? And you let yourself feel that. And then you get back and put your boots back on and your Explorer hat and you keep trucking along. But, um, yeah, for me, I think too, and this, I think that trying new things is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of times we try to do work from a, from a headspace. Um, and then we don't change anything outside of ourselves either. So for me, something that I really encourage my clients to do a lot is like, you know, start, even if, if, especially if you deal with anxiety, sometimes like anything out of the norm can be challenging, but like Mm -hmm. maybe try going to a different market where you see different people or try joining a gym or do some meetup groups, maybe join a Facebook group of, you know, around a topic that you're interested in. Um, join some online classes that have some interactive things, hire a coach, like join a group program. Hello. That like completely, I know for both of us, like changed our lives last year. We were in the same group program, um, uh, a coaching program, right? Like, you know, and look at us now. That was only (laughs) (laughs) September, October and November. Right. Yeah. Like, and maybe a little bit into December, but like three months. And all there's 20 of us. And now there's like 20 of us that are for the most part, like super, super close. Mm-hmm. And I talk to you guys every single day. Right. And so like, even just that, like I thought of myself as like a, a, a pretty bold, like confident person. And then I surrounded myself with 20 women and my life just 
skyrocketed, right? And I'm, uh, and yeah. I'm, whether you're, whether you're in a coaching container or you're not, you are going to rise and expand to the container that you put yourself in. So if you surround yourself with people that play small and that have a mostly negative mindset and that like to doubt and belittle, whether it's your dreams directly or just dreams in general, what they think is possible, um, you're, you're going to rise to that or shrink to that. Right. So one of the things I would recommend is surround yourself with, with people that truly inspire you, that you truly look at and you're like, damn, not so that you can put yourself in a situation where, you know, intentionally where jealousy and comparison comes up because that will happen. And that's another opportunity to work through those things, but because you are going to rise to the container that you put yourself in. So continually surrounding yourself with people that are doing incredible things that inspire and motivate you that embody something that you want to embody. Cause that's your container right there. Yeah. Coaching container or not, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and, it and, and it doesn't have to be coaching. It, it could be again, like a class or just anything like that, a meetup group, right? Like uh, going to a dance class, whatever that, whatever resonates with you. And like, I know after our first call of that coaching container, you know, there was 20 of us, we were all laughing, sharing, uh, we had to share our most embarrassing moments, like, which was just like such a perfect way to break the ice. Um, I got off that, off of that call. It was like two or three hours long, got off that call and recorded the first like two or three episodes of this podcast. Yep because I was so lit up because I put myself in a situation and I didn't realize like that that was going to happen. Right. And I, of course, like a human, I looked around and I was like, Oh my God, there's all these crazy, amazing, powerful women. Like, what am I doing here? Right. I had that imposter syndrome come up and, you know, and I think like you and some other people like actually went on and like, were the first ones to say like, Hey, I'm just calling myself out. Like there's some stuff coming up. Right. And like, I remember like, maybe I want to say it was you, did you do that? Or am I making that up? Yeah. I posted this like on the first day. I'm like, listen, this is what's coming up. And, um, yeah, it's here. I'm just making it known because when you shine light on it, that's how you dissolve it. Right. So I'm like, it's here. This is what's happening. And yeah, the, the community aspect is huge. So I think that that was, that was step number three is like the first one is to get clear on what your baseline is. Like, where are you at right now? Like, what are you, what are you feeling stuck? Where are you feeling stuck? When do you feel triggered? Get curious about them. The second piece, it sounded like mindset was a big one. So reframing things. If you look at your your opportunities for growth as a burden, that's what they're going to be. And then we kind of transitioned into more of like people, community, surrounding yourself with powerful ass people that really inspire you. And I think that another step is to really get inspired and creative about what your life could be because it literally can be whatever you want it to be. If this if this year has shown me anything, it's that it's that you have no fucking clue what your life can be until you go out and you start to create it. And it blows your wildest dreams, literally blows the lid off of what you thought was possible. So get really creative, get, have fun. Like if you want to travel the world and backpack for a year, do it. If you want to get up on stage and like Tony Robbins and light some people up, like, yeah, envision yourself doing that because that is the container that you set for yourself too. The higher the limit, the higher the vision, the greater the vision set for yourself. That's what you're going to rise into. A hundred. That's a huge component. 
Yeah. And like taking, taking those steps, like every, every step, like even when you just start asking yourself those questions, even though you think that like, that you could easily say like, Oh, this isn't really getting me to where I want to be. Like, why do I need to self-reflect? Like, no, those are, those are steps. And those are actually like, not even baby steps. Like asking yourself those questions are massive leaps to getting you closer to where you want to be because in order to be fully embodied and to be powerful and to, and, and powerful looks different for all of us, but to feel powerful, to feel like you're actually the captain and the creator of your life rather than subscribing to just the, the rat race and to just like, you know, just getting caught in the, in the, yeah, just getting caught in the rat race. Those questions that you ask yourself are, are huge leaps. And then after that, taking steps like that, that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of us spend a lot of time in the mental space, like waiting to feel ready. Mm. And the thing is like, I wasn't ready to do any of the shit that I've done. Nope. <laughs> in, in fact, like the things that I felt ready to do, like I, I when I look at those things, I'm like, man, I, I, I wasted a lot of time to take those steps. But the things that I just was like, look, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go for it. Those were the most like amazing moments throughout my journey because I proved to myself that I, that all of it really is just me being in my own way. Yeah. Choosing. Yeah. The choice and, and fear will always come up with um, an amazing dissertation of why it's not a good time and why we should wait and why, you know, it's like fear is a very charming, very, uh, convincing, convincing. Yeah. Very convincing fellow in a yeah. second. Too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. He's got like the nice hair. He grooms himself. He looks very, very appealing. But when you take him home and you like see him in his environment, he's just a slob that has cobwebs everywhere and doesn't know how to wash his floors. Yeah, that's what fear is. Yeah, and your fear is important. It shows you where your edges are, right? And that's the other thing is like your fear is never going to go away. It's always going to be there. Sorry if you think that you can get rid of it because you can't. You just choose in the face of fear and you empower yourself to make those decisions over and over and over again. And eventually what you are afraid of becomes your strength. And then you find something new that you're afraid of and you tackle that too. And the thing about, about facing fear and getting uncomfortable and, and stretching yourself is that your, you, your mind is the thing that creates the emotional identity. It labels things. Oh, this is what joy is. This is what pain is. This is what happiness is. This is sadness, right? But what you do by facing your fears and by overcoming and choosing is that you expand your capacity for joy and for happiness. When you stretch your ability to feel discomfort, you also stretch your ability to feel joy. So when you stretch into those uncomfortable places, all you're doing is is, is expanding your battery, I guess, for joy. You allow more joy into your life. Yeah. So I would say it's it's a thousand times worth it to stretch yourself whenever you can, because it means that you're going to have a greater capacity for fulfillment in your life. And who doesn't want that? You know, (laughs) exactly. And, and also like that, the, you start to trust yourself, right? Like I know for 
when I felt fear and I felt anger and I felt all of these like, you know, quote unquote negative emotions or quote unquote, like, you know, just like the shadow stuff or whatever, I really didn't trust myself. I didn't trust in my ability to be able to handle things. And it, and part of that was valid because I spent many, many years coping in maladaptive behaviors. I put myself in really messed up situations and I, you know, there was a lot of stuff, but I have to also understand that like who I was and the way that I chose to handle those things at the time does not define me. And I also now with all of the questions and all of the intention get to choose how I want to respond to those feelings now. And when I actually allow myself to stretch and to feel the full capacity of those emotions, I, like you said, like I, I also open myself up to experiencing all the greatness that life has to offer. And I learn that I'm capable of handling all of the good and all of the bad because good can be just as overwhelming as bad Yeah, for a lot of people. So it's just the, the self-trust that comes into all of this is so important. And, and, and knowing that like whatever decisions I make in my, in my life, whether it's, you know, the business or it's dating somebody or whatever it may be, even if it's the outcome, isn't like something that I thought it was going to be, or, you know, things just don't go, you know, yeah, they don't go as planned. Um, I've really been working on not saying not going well or going bad, right? Like, you know, even I break up at the beginning of the year, I'm like, I just didn't go as planned. (laughs) (laughs) Plot twist. (laughs) Um, But in, in not going well, I allowed the experiences of pain and grief and all of those things. And by doing so and not labeling it as a bad experience, I also learned a fuck of a lot about myself and my ability to, to hold that intensity, like that level of intensity in my little body and be like, Oh, okay. Like I'm good. And it's here and I'm processing it. I'm alive. I'm good. And I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> What a powerful conversation. Yeah. We yeah. some badass bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so grateful that you came on here, Tristan. I love you so much. Oh, I love you too, girl. And this is, yeah, this is, um, this is storytelling of our own evolution, right? And it's like what we talked about. That is how you heal the sisterhood wound is by leaning into the places where you can't stretch and by looking to women that embody what you want to embody, right? and allowing yourself to get uncomfortable. And like, I think humanizing that process and hearing how we've done it and what we've gone through and all of the times that we fell forward and scraped up our faces and had to put ourselves back together. Like it's incredible. And it's, it's humanizing and it's perfect that your podcast is called human becoming. That's awesome. (laughs) That's exactly what this is. Yeah. The, uh, like C O M is in parentheses. So it's like human being and human becoming. And I was like, look how witty I am. (laughs) (laughs) You good, Anna. You good. Look at you go. (laughs) I also like see this, but we can see each other and we're both wearing like big hoops. Yes, that's another wild woman tip that I guess we can end on is, is if you're, if you're curious about wild woman activation, um, if you go to my website, I have a free wild woman activation guidebook and meditation that you can access. But one of the things that I recommend and that our mentor also recommends is find a totem, find something you can anchor a part of the energy that you want to embody 
into that you can have in your space, have on your body, have around you that makes you feel a certain way. And hoops have been my thing since I was in middle school. I don't know why, <laughs> but I found them. And I'm like, oh my God, probably because I grew up in the 90s and, you know, it was just <laughs> hoops everywhere. But that's my thing. So, and that's your thing too. So I love it. We've got both got our gold hoops on. <laughs> like our group of friends, we, we call ourselves. It's like all of <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we showed up to the first call of our like group coaching program last year and like a bunch of us just had these big hoops on and I was like those are my people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah oh I love you woman thanks for having me on this was awesome I love you too can you um really quickly tell people how to find you on Instagram and your uh your website I'm gonna yes. put, yeah. I'm gonna put it in the show notes but just in case Perfect. Yep. So definitely check the spelling of my last name because it's a tricky one, but it's at Tristan underscore Thibodeau underscore. That's my uh, Instagram handle. And my website is honest, the number two goodness.co.co. And that's where you'll find the wild woman activation. And then if you just want, you know, regular juicy goodness, wild woman shit, dancing craziness. You can come to my Instagram and come hang out with me. So yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for all of everything that you do. I love you. And you, I mean, I tell you this all the time, you, you completely inspire me. And I really feel that so much of where I am today as opposed to where I was six, seven months ago is because of the friendships that I've created with you and a few of the other girls and just really being called forward just by being around you guys. So my, that's my, uh, my super, ju- uh, <laughs> uh, I feel the same way. I totally get it. Totally get it. Well, I love you. Love you too. All right, mama. We'll keep rocking it. This is awesome. Thank you for listening, guys. Definitely check Tristan out and reach out if you want support from her. She's got amazing, amazing offers. And yeah, I would definitely, definitely suggest that you guys go to her Instagram because it's a fucking party. We have dance parties. Like, each <laughs> we tag each other. It's a good time. It's a good time. So we'll see you guys in the Matrix. Bye, guys. <laughs>